0: Apple presents Meet the Musician at the Apple Store. Please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Jeffrey Spurgeon from WQXRNY, and tonight's guests, Daniel Hope and Max Richter. This is a a terrific chance to talk with people who make music, who are really articulate about it, love it. So, on my left is Max Richter, the composer, and to his left is Daniel Hope, the violinist, Gentlemen, before us is uh, Max Richter's album, Recomposed, involving Vivaldi's Four Seasons. Max, where did you get the idea to take this incredibly familiar work, take it apart and put it back together in your own fashion?
1: Well, uh, it's a thing I've I've been carrying the idea around for many years, and, and really the thing that started me wanting to do it was... Uh, that kind of process which probably lots of us have with this piece which is we, we fall in love with it when we first hear it when we're kids and then because we hear it you know everywhere all the time we just kind of fall out of love and for me it was a kind of a way to reclaim it and to kind of by having this kind of conversation with the original thinking through it and kind of um, yeah just kind of reclaiming the piece for me
0: in a way Daniel, when did you get involved with this? Was, this? was your work all done, Max, when Daniel showed up?
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was contacted by Max, who had this idea. Um, when I first heard the idea, I was, you know, a little surprised, because it's a piece that you spend all your life playing as a violinist. And um, we had this great conversation, and and Max said, you know, I want to recompose the four seasons. Um, And I I cheekily said, well, what's wrong with the original? (laughs) Um, And and Max, you know, he gave that wonderfully enigmatic smile and said, nothing's wrong with it. It's perfect, Mm. but I'd like to reframe it. I'd like to rediscover it. Um, And that, I thought, was really interesting, because as Max says, it's everywhere. You know, wherever you look and wherever you hear, every elevator, every you know, on being on hold, you heard it all the time. And, and this way, Max was able to put something
0: very new um, to it. So what did you do, Max? What did, what did, how did you start?
1: Where did you start with this piece? Um, well, I started really just kind of thinking about it and, and, and spending just time with the score. And the thing that struck me about the way it is on the page is uh, at first glance... There are, you know, there are pages which are, you know, just sort of sixteenth notes. Just, you know, it's very sort of, it almost looks quite contemporary. Actually, you'd think, well, it's kind of that could be at first glance some kind of post-minimal material or something. And I felt like there was, there was a kind of common ground there in the kind of the sort of modular aspect of the way that Vivaldi had constructed the original. And um, I, I basically just kind of followed my enthusiasms through it. You know, um, making music of any sort is about you know finding things you love and sort of playing those. And in this case, um, you know, I, I, I had this amazing sort of uh, sort of mine full of incredible material, and I just kind of dug my way through it quite intuitively.
0: The original piece tells a story in some mm. sonnets that are maybe yep. Vivaldi's yep. Um, about each of the four seasons. Yeah. Did you worry about? Keeping those stories intact in your version, or did you no. create new ones?
1: No, for me, uh, it's really about the notes. It's about the notes on the page and the way those, stru- those structures can be sort of reinvigorated and transformed. So I, you know, I didn't think too much about the sort of programmatic element of it. Um, for me, I was sort of following the material really.
0: So how much is left um, of, of the Vivaldi piece in, in this recomposition?
1: Uh, probably about somewhere between 10 and 20%, I'd oh, say. Really? Yeah. So you really did? Yeah, not very much, not very much. So Daniel,
0: <laughs> as you said, every violinist in the world plays the Four Seasons. It's part, of, it's part of your currency as a musician. And then this Richter guy comes along and says, here's the Four Seasons, but not it must have been a little bit of a challenge to learn it.
2: Yeah, it was, because, um, as I said, you get it really in your head, and it's in your fingers. And Max throws you several curves throughout the piece. So he takes elements of it, but then he breaks them up, or he, he redesigns the patterns. So you find yourself, I found myself at the beginning, going back to the original, and had to keep you know, jolting myself into the, into the new version. It's
0: almost a video game. New road. It looks familiar, and then it veers off suddenly. Did you have you memorized it?
2: Um, I I have memorized it, but I haven't actually really had the guts to play it without the score because it's so uh, at the moments that are so close rhythmically that I just do worry that I would lapse into the original. The original I always would play from memories. So. Yeah.
0: And, and have you played the original since you've played this one? I
2: have. The first time was, it was terrible because <laughs> uh, you know, I so much got back into, into Max's world that I had to get back into Avaldi. But now, actually, it's really nice. I, I really enjoy it. Um, and for me, uh, the great thing is that I've really fallen back in love with the original. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, as It's really wonderful because y- you know you learn to appreciate all the different aspects of it. And yet the new composition is something which is so full of energy and um, vision. It's, it's wonderful to play it. So it's a great
1: combination.
0: Did you have a moment's thought about what a violinist might go through as you were recomposing this?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I was aware of the fact that, you know, uh, for a violinist, this is much, much tougher than it is for me, you know, because... Obviously, as Danny was saying, you know, they, these guys have it sort of hardwired inside them, and they need to have it there. And um, for me to sort of uh, uh, sort of modify and sort of re-engineer this uh, this material, you know, um, it, it, I think it's probably easier when it diverts wildly from the original. But there are sections which are really quite close, and there's a certain amount of kind of sleight of hand with the original material, and that you do need to have that inside you, I think.
0: I get the sense that as you were writing this, you didn't know what you were making.
1: I don't think you ever know what you're making. You know, you sort of. Uh, well, you, you might know, if
0: you're writing a mass or you're writing a concerto yeah, or you're yeah. writing a piece for a specific purpose. But you didn't know what you'd wind up with, did you?
1: Well, it's a voyage of discovery. You know, it's a. Uh, for me, I think of it a little bit like uh, sort of thinking aloud about the Vivaldi or daydreaming about it. You know, it's a sort of it's it's a series of questions you know, here's this wonderful material, what happens if I do this? You know, and then you get a sort of chemical reaction in that material, and then it takes off, and it has a life of its own. And those moments, you know, where it sort of catches fire and comes to life, that, that's very exciting for a composer, you know, because then you suddenly have something going on, you know?
0: When, Daniel, when you got together with the, um, the Concert House uh, Kammer Orchestra Berlin and the conductor André de Ritter to make the recording with Max, what uh, what was the interaction then? Were there changes made? Was there discussion? Was there? Why the hell did you do this to me here? Was there? Oh, maybe we should rethink this section here. What? Yeah. What I mean, happened I, when you finally stirred the pot?
2: Well, I think it's what happens is what, what you always get when you have a new piece and you have the composer there. Um, Max has you know had composed it and prepared it and then we got to the rehearsals and the performance and, and the, the motion recording. you're
0: making with your hands is as if they were around his throat I, I'm sure <laughs> no, that wasn't unconscious. as bad as that no, <laughs> no no
2: no but there were of course there were changes there were suggestions Max was hearing it live for the first time as well yeah you know he'd, he'd had it in his mind he'd had it you know on a computer but when you actually have musicians there playing it reacting to what's yes. on the page often he, you know one hears different things or we had questions so uh, it was a pretty civil process, but there yeah. were quite a few changes. Uh. Yes. What yes. were some
0: of the changes? Um, Just little notes here and there, or did you
1: actually re-recompose? No, no. The tiny little... The kinds of things you would always do, really. Even, um, you know, it's about... You, a recording is about finding it in the room with those human beings on that day, on those days. And it's, you know... Whichever whichever way you can sort of find to kind of deliver the material in the most natural and in a way obvious way, you know that kind of feels right, uh, and that's about you know articulation and shapes and dynamic little dynamic things which you can sort of put in the score, but also you you just need the people,
0: yeah. And I'm sure they appreciated the fact that they had the composer there to ask about that too. Yeah, possibly. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's that, that's the great. Benefit um,
2: of when you have a new piece and you have the composer there. You know, we can't ask Beethoven and Mozart, you know, what they thought, but if you have a living composer there, it makes it very exciting because you're able to, you know, you're part of the creation, the creative process.
0: One of the very new things that's in this recomposed version of Vivaldi's Four Seasons is the very first movement, um, which you, Max, titled Spring Zero. It's a little prologue, I would say.
1: Exactly. And
0: where did that come from? Was that. The last thing you did or the first thing you did?
1: Um, It came fairly late on in the process. It was always intended to be there, but I had to make some uh, instrumental recordings in order to be able to make that piece Um, because it uses some orchestral recordings and then manipulates them in the computer. Um, You're right, it's a prologue. It's a sort of curtain-raiser, overture, scene-setting moment uh, which sort of... um, uh, It's like a sort of palate cleanser, I think, before we start, you know? Uh, yeah. We won't talk to the other musicians,
0: the uh, LPR ensemble, who will be out here in a moment. What were their reactions? Uh, the musicians who made the recording. Did you also have to to deal with the with the rest of the band a little bit?
1: Well, I think what was interesting about it was uh, there was initial shock, of course, and sort of because there's a sort of huge readjustment actually for uh, players, you know, who've been playing this material their whole lives, and and it was sort of quite interesting actually to to hear the sound of the orchestra be, you know, across a bar line from the original Vivaldi to my material, completely different. You know, it's like a different orchestra. And then during the rehearsal process, those two sounds fused together as they started to, you know, understand the roadmap a little bit. And uh, then they brought, uh, actually, in the end, a wonderful enthusiasm, and very, they were very committed, and oh, it was a yeah, great sessions, actually. Uh,
0: Daniel, every piece that's written is a reaction... To another piece, or influenced by it. music, is a conversation across time, across centuries too. Um, you are in conversation with Vivaldi a lot when you play the Four Seasons. You're in conversation with Max Richter when you play this. But is Vivaldi there too? Who's who's talking here? Is it is it both of them? Is it the three of you? That's a that's a good and very difficult question to answer. I mean,
2: I think that. Um, sometimes i have the feeling it's it's vivaldi seen through max's eyes and ears so i i I feel there is a connection to vivaldi but it's very much filtered um sometimes max has actually left the original very small moments it suddenly appears and then you're way right back there in the middle of of baroque venice Um, and then there are moments in the piece where you are taken to a completely different place which has very little to do with the Vivaldi, and it's very much about Max's world. So I think, in a sense, you're a kind of a time traveler through this piece. Um, that's what makes it, f- for me, so exciting, is that you're constantly changing your, your point
0: of view. It's wonderful to have the varnish taken off an old work and have it, have it revived in a, in a way like this. Do we have any questions? We're going to get a performance in a couple of minutes. Uh, if we have any questions, raise a hand. We'll run a microphone over to you. Uh, gentleman in the middle of the room here. Why, don't, why aren't we using the
1: word remix? Why, why am I not using the word remix? Yeah. Um, uh, I, we could have called it a remix. Um, it is a remix, um, but uh, on paper. You know, I've remixed the actual notes rather than the audio. So it's kind of like an analog remix in a way. It's maybe like a, a remix that you know, Vivaldi could have done, actually. Just taken the dots on the page and yeah, we could have called it that. It, it, it's part of this series that Deutsche Grammophon already had called Recomposed. So that was kind of a given. And it kind of describes the process quite well for me. It's also something that
2: composers have been doing for centuries. And Vivaldi was somebody that used to remix his own music all the time. I mean, he would take pieces that he had composed, he'd put them into different keys. Uh, he'd steal bits of it and make other pieces out of it. Um, he would... You know, increase the virtuosity in order for effect. He was somebody that was very much about performance yeah. um, and, and pushing things to the limit. So, uh,
0: but do you compose with a pencil and a paper, or did you compose at a keyboard and record it, or, or was it done on a computer? Um, I, I, I
1: compose on a on a piece of paper mostly, um, but then obviously in terms of uh, providing a kind of like a demo almost, or a sort of mock-up of this, I made a, a version in the computer uh, for, you know, for pe- various people to hear and stuff. I'm glad you say that. Just, I mean, we are at the Apple Store, after all. It would be a shame
0: exactly. if it was just all pencil and paper. Exactly. That would <laughs> hardly be in the spirit That's of right. no, no, the world is, of technology in yeah. which we are surrounded at this time. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks.